Attention, attention, my black brothers. What I want y'all to do right now is take out the do-rag. The silky ties down. I want to see the waves glistening. If you got nappy hair, pick it. Don't let nobody discourage you. Ariel. Watching the read today and on Instagram, and my first question for y'all was: Do y'all want to be submissive in your relationships? The read or the real? The real girl. One of them. The like, real. They both got TV shows. I had to check. The real. So the real. They were asking the question. They wasn't asking a question, girl. I just wanted to have the conversation. Do you all want to be submissive in your relationship? And submissive is what you define it as. Not the actual definition. If you go by the definition, so I just wanted to put that out there. So you want us to define it to define it before we answer the question? Yeah, define your definition for you when you answer it. Yes. Make sure you want to go first, honey. No, because I got to think about what submissive means. <laughs> so, I mean, for me, being submissive sounds. Um, I think both in and out of sex, like you do it, you're told. Um, mm-hmm. I.e. if I'm like, you know, submissive to my man or husband, I'm making all his meals and, you know, jumping. I mean, asking how high when he says to jump and giving him fellatio whenever he wants and not when I care to give it. Um, and then, you know, doing the same thing during sex, like acting like I don't have any power and he's got all the power. Anyway, it's not a bitch like me. I'm not doing it. Um, we can go back and forth between the submissiveness and the, you know, um, what's the other word? Dominance. Dominance. I don't even, I don't, even, I don't subscribe by those two things. So I don't yeah. Know. But mm. no, it's not happening with me. I don't believe that people are inherently one thing or the other. So. Okay. Mm. Okay. Yeah, I've always told my friends that I'm submissively dominant. Okay. Meaning that like. I play submissive, but it's really, I'm being dominant because I'm controlling the situation. Like I'm being submissive, but that's because I want you to think that I'm being submissive, but I'm controlling the situation. It's almost like me asking you a question, me already knowing the answer of what I want to hear. But I'm going to pretend like you have a say-so in this. This is how women do. (laughs) Period. That's why women are supreme. Women are are Period. They sit there and be like, bitch, I know what I want to ask. I okay. know what the answer is. All right. I'll see if you're going to say something stupid. <laughs> you got to play with a nigga's mind. That's how you get them. And that's how you want Keep them. Keep them. Okay, period. We here. We here. <laughs> we good. <laughs> no, I think, okay, okay. I, for me, um, I get kind of like tongue, I get kind of confused with the word submissive. Like, I don't like the, like, association that comes with the word submissive. I do want to um, feel relaxed and allow my partner to, if they have a decision, like, if we want to make that decision, you can make it. But I think I get tongue-tied on what the definite layman's term of it is um, and things of that nature. Because, like, I say I am dominant, like Jenny was saying, on the show, I agree. Like, I am dominant. I'm dominant in, like, so many other spaces. Like, in job, I make my own fucking decisions. Like, with my friends, like, I'm not afraid to voice my opinions or things like that. Sure or not. Right. <laughs> What'd you say? I said you sure or not. <laughs> <laughs> I literally have no problem voicing my opinions. Okay. 
listen, it's sometimes that, sometimes that hurts, sometimes that's a problem. But when I'm with a mm-hmm. partner, sometimes I do want to feel like, ooh, like, God, thank God I don't got to make this decision. Or thank God, like, I um, can have somebody that can just, like, do be that for me at sometimes. But mm-hmm. I like it balanced. Like I say, like, there's moments when I want you to fall back and I step in or vice versa. So it's just, like, equal. Because I yeah. do at times see, like, if we're two people that are trying to make decisions all the time, that can just become a lot of, like, like clashing. So mm-hmm. I do like a balance in that, in that aspect. Um, we talked about that last week, that, that sort of like duality, that balance, that best yeah. of both worlds. And I thought about it and I wanted to also pose the question, do you think that men could be quote unquote submissive in a relationship? Is it, or is it hard? Um, relationship with women? With both, both and. Let's say with men and with women. Because we're all three here, men. So right. that's why I was like, I can only speak for what I, what I am. <laughs> but I mean, uh, so I've seen it just rarely. I've seen it with uh, men who are romantic um, with women, and I don't know. Men often get like bad reputations for that. Like they're if they're submissive to their wife, it's like this is against the nature of man so of course they're seen as like emasculated or whatever um but i also recognize that like some people genuinely whether it's sexual or not get a thrill out of some straight men get a thrill out of being submissive to women like mm-hmm. whether whether they are dominant in their real lives or not like you know and i think that speaks to people being capable of really anything and just walking out around with like you know masks on or whatever mm-hmm Yes, I agree. So me too. What is up, everybody? It is your boy Lord Devry. And I'm Derwin King. And welcome back to another episode of That Black Boy Joy, where we create a space where black boys can be themselves and so much more. You guys, we have a guest in the building, guest on the show with us today. Welcome. We have so his name. Hello. Let me just, I'm gonna just go by the names that you told me today. We have Basial in the building, aka Bash, aka okay. B Dollars. B motherfucking dollars. You know. Oh, yeah. She <laughs> girl. You gotta have, I need to have a resume with all of these names. Okay. I'm B Dollar, the penthouse <laughs> princess, everything and above, you know. <laughs> Yes, we have Basial in the building with us today. He is a lifestyle blogger and also the creator of Cope. Is that, okay, well, before I get in, is that a magazine? Do we say Cope magazine or Cope fashion? Cope just- I just say Cope, Cope. Okay. Cope, you know, it's fashion, copefashion.com is just the blog, right. but you know. Okay, so he is the creator of that. Just to give a little bit of background. So dope. You know, huh? It's so dope, too. Yes. So, Basho is originally from Atlanta, is a personal lifestyle blogger and a community activist that uses his platform to highlight uh, the voices of the young generation. He also labels himself the Ratchet Corporate Hottie based on his IG. I'm sensing some Megan Thee Stallion, very Houston Beyonce vibes coming. Yes. (laughs) I get it. I'm just, okay. So first of all, um, how are you doing today? Like, thank you for being a part of this episode with us. Yes, thank you so much. 
Oh my gosh, thank you all for having me. I've done a couple of podcasts before, and this is my first podcast with people that identify as queer and yeah. two gay black men. So I am so happy about this, and I'm excited. It's going to be fun. It's going yes, to be yes, fun. Yes, so the question that we always ask all of our guests, and you've like answered this so many times on your platform and things of that nature, is what does Black Boy Joy mean to you? Oh my gosh. I just think, in short, it's the essence of a Black man living in his truth, being happy, and living every day his authentic self. Like, mm -hmm. that's, in short, what Black Boy Joy means to me. And we're going to get into that in the rest of the show, because okay. you exude that in yes. everything I appreciate you that. do. I just want to name that. I fell in love with that when, I first, when I first followed you on social media. I was like, okay, this is a boy. This is a man <laughs> that lives his black boy joy to BT. Yes. And it's no fake shit. It wasn't always that, but Ooh. we here now. We here now. It's the journey. It's okay. The journey. <laughs> I'm, I'm still here. Listen, okay. I can agree. We are, I'm still on that journey too. We, I'm getting there. I'm, child but let's believe it was not like this mm -hmm. from the jump absolutely so, but before we get into you know the interview with you and the conversation with you we want to get into what we always do which is our um black boy joy spotlight and our hot topics and yes. today's black boy joy spotlight is a man by the name of <laughs> tongue-tied matthew delock he is a dancer based in L.A., and he also was on season 16 of So You Think You Can Dance, which I actually remembered him from that. And mm -hmm. I just absolutely love, um, first of all, his TikToks is what drew me to him. Um, he's a very talented Black male dancer, which I absolutely love, and he specifically does contemporary, which I really like like really enjoy seeing us in that space as well because um we usually are like put in this box of like hip-hop or things that are very much aggressive but we are definitely in spaces like contemporary that requires like um emoting through dance and um physicality and flexibility and things of that like that and his pirouettes is off the chain his jumps okay, all of that stuff yes i can uh send you it after the show and things of that nature but i really wanted to shout him out um he also teaches like dance in la as well um, so I really want to just give him his praise and his shout outs. Check him out on Instagram, Matthew Deloc. That is pronounced um, D-E-L-O-C-H. I was contemplating if it was Deloc or Deloc, but um, I did look it up online and things of that nature. So shout out. Did I say his name two different times, the last name? Or was it consistently the same? It's always a lot. Okay. Yeah. Like, well, a lot. Because I've realized, I've listened back, y'all, and there'd be moments when I would go and say the wrong thing. And I'd be like, nope, this is right. And then mess it up. So. I wanted to correct his name and things of that nature. But we are going to get into our hot topics, Devin. Yes, honey. So um, the first thing I wanted to talk about was, because um, Omar was up in my DMs asking me what the fuck was going on. But, you know, bitch, they plugged in Come even on, when he's not. Okay. Um, so Rihanna had to apologize um, for including a Muslim prayer in the song uh, that Shea and who's the other uh, queen that walked with her? that one yeah. uh that they walked up <laughs> gg good gg good um, fashion girl good morning campers good morning 
Okay, sorry. So, you know, I remember we watched it uh, last week and we were really super impressed specifically around that time. But as a person who does not um, practice mm-hmm. the Muslim religion, um, I certainly didn't know about that. But I had seen an outpour um, of criticism from the Muslim community. And, you know, the people went back and forth. Of course, they called Rihanna a couple of names. Rihanna's fans were very guarded about that. They were very defensive. Um, but in true fashion, true form, Rihanna um, addressed it and apologized for it. I'm curious to see what she'll do moving forward. Um, and like, because I'm sure it won't stop there. If I know Rihanna, it's not going to stop at the apology. She's probably going to find something, some way to honor that community. Yeah. I do. I, when I seen it, I was like, I mean, I'm not so. I appreciate her just acknowledging, like, I apologize for that. too. it was in the, the mindset of fashion. It looked cool and sound cool, but we have to remember sometimes things that sound cool and look cool. You have to understand the like tradition and culture behind it. Do so your research. You have to do your research, girl. You can't be over here saying, "Oh, this sound good," and all of a sudden you're hearing devil worshippers and you didn't even know it in a different language. So. Well, <laughs> <laughs> so you have to do your research and not, not that Muslims are devil worshippers. Oh no, not that girl. I'm saying like you. <laughs> <laughs> Child, please don't. No, no, that's not what I said. You know, if you listen, don't take things for face value, essentially. Do not take it. You have to do your research. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Speaking of apologies, Miss Monique went on her apology tour last Sunday. Do you watch Housewives of Potomac, Basha? No. Okay. I watched some. I watched some episodes, so I know the fight happened. Okay. Yes. So that's what Miss Monique on Real Housewives of Potomac is apologizing for. Um, so we did talk about it a little bit last week, just about the fact that that fight was super instigated by Monique, um, and it was sort of started by Candace. Um, so naturally, Monique had to apologize to her cast members, but them motherfuckers were not buying it. They was not here for it. <laughs> Giselle was like, well, Giselle didn't give a fuck about what she had to say anyway. Giselle had gone there knowing good and well she wasn't going to listen to what Monique had to say. Giselle said, I'm going to stroll up in here with my bodyguard and I'm going to tell this bitch, I don't respect you. I don't care about nothing you got going on. I'm not hanging out with you again. That's all she had intended to do. Carl, she shouldn't have showed up. She could have texted that. Honestly. And honestly, the bodyguard was so much. Like, girl, you are not in danger. Yeah, she was doing that for TV. Yeah. <laughs> the whole bodyguard. Like, first of all, he is just, he's being. Like, girl, he, he not sat there. Not to the, from the kitchen to you, if Monique wanted to get you, girl, it would have been done. Honestly, mm. even he knew that shit was, like, stupid. You could see in his face, he was like, this ain't even nothing I need to be here for. Yeah. I was like, um, Ashley was just, like, looking. She had Dean. She's like... <laughs> Dean is airtime. Let me just name that. Dean be getting, he be at the drama. Dean, be Dean needs a check. The baby he needs Dean. a check. The baby is Dean. The baby just be there already in the drama. And I think of black women. He Aaron, of course, defended Monique um, and noted that, you know, there are two sides to the story. So shout out to Karen for that. And one thing I did agree with, um, with Giselle about is that Monique has an established pattern of aggression, um, which was similar to Portia. Portia had gotten in trouble. She had gotten demoted and showed a consistent pattern of her putting her hands on people. Mm-hmm. So um, Giselle made a really strong point in saying that, you know, this if this were the first time, I would say fine, but you clearly have a problem that you're not addressing. I don't think she got a problem. But- Why? I mean, she's repeatedly, repeatedly but, either started to fight someone or talked about fighting someone. Right. And then she fights someone and the thing she says out of her mouth on national, national yeah, TV yes. However, is, she has been provoking. I will kill that girl. Right. I will kill her. She did say I'm that. I'm going to kill her. 
She did say that, but she's been provoked in so many spaces as well. So she's been provoked by okay. Robin. She's been provoked by Giselle. She's like, Robin walked into Monique's face and she defended herself with the umbrella. So then when Monique, when Giselle brought that up, I was like, girl, she had to defend herself in some way. That's so- her job. Her, her job, job is to is to take confrontation. Her job right. is to have, and if you fight every time someone confronts you or gets close to your face, you're gonna be fighting a whole lot on reality right. TV. She's and, much, but this is not love and hip hop. I, I keep trying <laughs> to remind y'all because everybody keeps taking that like, oh, you know, she was provoked thing. And I, the one time I, I let that come out of my mouth was Kenya when Portia fought her the one time because yes. she actually had something in her face and she sustained it there. Not only that, she had done it twice. Yes. With Candace, it was this one thing where she said, get your hand out of my face. And Candace took it back. Monique had built up aggression that she yeah. should have dealt with before that night. Yeah. So I definitely agreed. As much as I don't like Giselle and I think she's full of shit, she's definitely a bird brain. Yeah. I definitely agreed with her that there was a pattern and that Monique was wrong. But she had the receipts. I will give you that. Had- I will give you that. They they showed the receipts. And I'm like, damn, well, you got receipts. So they ran back every time. Every single time she listened, I was like, yeah, that. yeah, that sound about right. So I think, I mean, how do you, how did you feel about her apology tour? Like, how do you, do you think it was, did it get any, do you think that was anything that got, that was taken away from it? Do you think that the girls, we, uh, yeah. I think the girls were apathetic and I did not appreciate that. I think the girls put way too much on Monique. She does not represent every black woman in America. And I don't think that her fighting Candace was an indication of black women's inherent violence, quotation marks, um, or their anger. I think that that is very Monique and nobody except for the two to three people who were saying it felt that way. Right. Um, I also think that she was sincere when she said that she was embarrassed. She obviously has a problem with Candace and no one should say that she shouldn't, but she certainly should not have behaved in the way that she did. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Look, my ass has a different mindset, but I'm like, right. Yeah. <laughs> no, because the girls want to hear it. Yeah, go ahead. I, I understand. I think as somebody that does not deal, take kindness or take really like, I just don't like people in my face. I don't like, I am very guarded. I'm very like, I when I'm back in the corner, my only thing, which is a problem, is to fight. I've been working on that, but like, I feel like with the Candace thing, Candace was taunting her. You know, the her situation with Robin, Robin got in her face. Bitch, if I, the umbrella would have been around her neck and I would have pulled her. And I'm like, maybe I'm not meant for reality TV with the Potomac women. That is probably not me. But it is like, you have to understand, like, know your boundaries. Like, don't poke the bear or you gonna get, like, slaughtered. Like, it just, to me, is that mindset. And, like, I get it. She shouldn't have, like, because she was angry. Like, when I say, like, after you got your good licks in, girl, you should have sat down and just be like, I got what I got. But when the fact was, I guess she kept hearing Candace talking. I don't know. The show was showing it, but probably she didn't. But, like, the way Candace saying, like, hood rat. Oh, I'm gonna show you a hood rat. So I get, I do get the frustration but i don't agree with like you said the the like continuation of you chasing her like you in these space like oh i'm gonna get her like me just say just keep it to yourself don't tell other people that you plotting like you keep that to yourself and when you can collect and run up (laughs) you do that but i don't think you telling that to people that you know don't have that same mindset because it's going to make you look very much like you're an aggressor and you look like you're going for a fight and it's like, nah, keep that, keep that to yourself. 
and you deal with it. And of course you're on a show like this, so you have to figure out other tactics. But yeah, I'm one who, if you keep getting in my face and shit is boiling up, I don't know what I'm gonna do, but I'm gonna black out and come back and hopefully you still alive. I think a specialist would ask Monique why her corner is so small. Like yeah. somebody to back for somebody to back you into it. So like as easily yep. as that in one moment, like why is your, what is in your corner that it's so small for you to easily be pushed into it. And the other thing I do want to say is that if any bird, anybody had been on a cast with Nini in seasons three and four of Real Housewives of Atlanta, they too would know what it was like to have someone this close into the, you know, your face. Like I can only imagine that somebody from the Housewives of Potomac franchise would have fought Nene very early. Oh yeah, on. definitely. I would have, I would have probably been like kicked off. Like they probably like he's a liability. <laughs> I don't do. Don't get in my face. We can argue from a distance. Don't put your hands. Don't because I. You want to put your <laughs> so. Yeah, but um, and speaking of, so you, what is your appreciation, uh, Basial, of Miss Tiffany Pollard? Oh, I love, I love New York. Like that's yes. my girl. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. Yes. Love her. So you know her cohort, Mister <laughs> Chance from <laughs> I Love New York, yes. was a season one. Yes. Um, he he has a show on Zeus, of course, and of course it's a whole bunch of women, some who you would assume would be there and some you would assume would not, um, you know, fighting and competing for his love. And apparently Miss Tiffany Pollard is not only going to make an appearance, it looks like she's there to stay. I'm not sure if she's competing, but for like one of the first few times we see her possibly get physical. Yeah, she got yeah. physical. Oh I yeah, I saw her lunge. Oh, oh, you need to see that trailer because I saw this. I saw her lunge. <laughs> it's great TV. I mean, I watched her on Big Brother and everything. Oh like, my god, yes. Celebrity Big Brother. She's, she's gr- she knows how to work a camera. Yeah. She, she does. Said that was her challenge. She's like that was one of the hardest reality shows that she was a part of. Celebrity Big Brother. I didn't really, really? read into why, but she said that she was worked with and they didn't. She probably was really out of her element. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think yes, she has great television. Sorry, you must say something. Yes. I was going to say, because on that, I remember it was like two specific episodes where they made her out to be like this angry black woman at, on yeah. Big Brother. And I was just like, I can see why this is definitely hard for her. But mm-hmm. she was so funny, like comedy gold. She did show. exactly well, what she had to do. Exactly yeah. what she They had bring to her do. back. And that's the thing. They bring her back every time. Like, Flavor of yeah. Love, they brought her back. And now she's coming. She got her own two shows. And then she had Hollywood. Like, Tiffany goes, New York goes to Hollywood. And now she's coming back for this. Zeus know what they're doing also. Yeah. They don't have four in. shows on VH1, by the way. Because they're forgot. taking over. New York goes to work. New York goes to work. That was one of my favorites. Yes. New York goes away. So she had the, she has the bank. Um, Zeus, they know what they're doing. It's a lot of drama through Zeus, but that's what people love. Mm-hmm. So shout out to her for getting her check. And she still, I think, has breakfast breakfast with Tiffany. Yep. So she's keeping her coins in a ducat. So I love appreciate that. that. This week's episode. Have, so wait, do you watch Lovecraft Country? Before. I I watch like two episodes. I don't like very scary stuff. It's very oh, scary girl. to me. But I I know, girl. I am. I'm yeah. But I admire the writing <laughs> and the acting. Beautiful girl. I admire the writing, the actors. Love all of that. But I I'm, I'm hip to some to some yes. some of it. You know, I'm a pop culture girl. So I just. But I guess the Real Housewives. There's the thing. You, 
I know I'm the same way. I know bits and pieces of things. Like I can dive, like I was never, I never watched Housewives of Potomac until these last two episodes. Cause I knew it was going to be like a hot topic. So I was like, let me act like I'm well-versed and drop names, but I understand that. But this episode, um, Jigaboo was very dark. It was very, I liked it. Jigaboo-boo. I um, loved it actually. This was probably one of my favorite episodes and if for no other reason than shock value. Um, there were these two, I, I believe I'm describing them, I guess they were described as Jigaboos, um, yeah. but when I saw them I, I called them Picaninnies. Yeah, Picaninnies. They were picking any They're, you know, little black girls with their hair and little bows or whatever. And they're just like super duper like demonic. And they're just like haunting D who's been cursed. Um, yeah. So watching that whole process, that was probably the scariest part. But they focus on Emmett Till. Mm-hmm. Wow. This the episode starts off with the murder of Emmett Till, how it affected the people of um, Chicago. Um, it, and they made it one of the characters' friends. So mm-hmm. she was particularly haunted, um, haunted by that. But wow, I thought that them putting in that in, they, there was this moment with a white woman that I thought was great. Um, yep. She, oh God, oh, well, I think everyone should watch yeah. Lovecraft. It was confusing it. for me, that part though. I, it was, you have to act it. I'm a spoiler alert. I'm going to tell y'all what the hell happened. (laughs) The same way that they murdered um, Emmett Till, the woman, Christina, asked them to do the same thing to her because she she doesn't have empathy. Right. She she was told early in the episode that she can't feel and that was her problem. So she got her ass beat. They beat her to it a pulp. They tied um, Barbed barbed wire around her neck and they threw her into the water. Yeah. And she, but she's a witch. So she came back. And I was, she felt it, but I was like, wow, like you had to go through all of that to um, feel pain of a black, of, of, right. of a black person. I was like, whoo. And then also I wanted to peep, did you all, re- did you recognize like there, D was very much ignored throughout this episode. Yeah. Nobody knew what she was going through, which yeah. is really like black girls and black little boys and all that stuff was very much ignored. Like this girl was missing. And nobody was worried about her. Montrose was. So I thought that that was interesting too. Maybe it speaks to, and I guess it does because he shares his own experience that the child trauma in him saw the same sort of like, you know, distress in her. Because mm-hmm. he truly was the only person, not only at the beginning, but at the end of the episode, the who paid her any mind, right? Yeah. So Montrose, Diana, let's yes. look at the similarities there. Two episodes left, and it is surprisingly still two episodes. This show is very packed every episode. Um, so if you watch it, Bay Show, mm-hmm. you got to watch it in the daytime. With yes, not before bed. Not before bed. <laughs> I and tend to watch it before bed. But I love it. I love scary. I love. Me too. I love it. So I want the lights off. I want the ambiance. If I had like a sound a sound thing, uh, uh, I want that whole feeling. Really? I want to be thrown into it. Like, oh my god! I need to pick an idiot chasing me. Like, right <laughs> now. <laughs> no. Uh, Excuse me. I need them chasing me right now. I need that. I need the thrill of it all. Not I the said thrill. they would have to get me. They had that girl running all up and down the south side of Chicago. I said, look, the the band would have to get me. Uh, that would just be the end of that because I'm not going to finna run. I'm not finna run all around the south side of Chicago. It's not happening. Yeah. So we're gonna see what happens with the next episode, which I'm actually excited about. Um, Last yeah. but not least, come on, get it, give it to us, girl, give it to us. Lady beat <laughs> that fly. Ah! <laughs> I was here for the fly, bitch. Man. I was too. 
Mike Pence looked like the devil. Like I, he had come up on the screen. I said, he just looks like Satan. Like how do you just evil. look like Satan in the face? Then he had some like, I don't know if he like had a, uh, he popped a vessel in his eye that was like really red. And then there was that fly that came down on his head for like a solid minute and a half. <laughs> right. I've never seen a, a fly not budge. Like, and it moved all over his head. It just didn't fly away. I seen that right. happen last year with Hillary, which I think was a meme. Probably somebody, somebody still was a fly on Hillary's face or fly on. Really? I, I think it was a lie, but like people put like a comparison, like, they both was dead. I was like, I don't know. Or they people or flies attract to shit. So yeah. I was like, um, come um oh, wow shit, I'm gonna say her wrong her name wrong. Kamala, Kamala Harris. Kamala. She was not Kamala. here for me, but she was ready. I was so she did much better than Biden did, but she evaded several questions as well. I watched Very her do so. now freaking Pence did it a lot. Like he was a major violator. Not only that, but he manipulated the fuck out of that moderator trying to say her name when he was going over his time as a way, I guess, to draw her in or as if he was deserving, more deserving Sarah. of time. <laughs> I think personal. Oh, Susan and, and Susan. 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 <laughs> I'm like, all right, whatever. But I definitely think that the winner of that um that debate was Harris. I just wish that she would have been a lot more honest about some of those questions and maybe had not taken so many of the strategies that Pence did. I don't mind her taking more of her time, but they definitely similarly dodged questions. Yeah. Yeah, she definitely but I didn't know that Joe had a speech impediment. We he doesn't he's not in the limelight. We don't know that man. So I so that so because at first I was like, wow, like he, I don't know when he answered his question, it just threw me off a lot. So to know that, I think he did a good job from last time. But oh, I forgot because I did mention that Trump had tripped him up. So tripped him up a lot. Mental. I thought it was really mental. I didn't even take into account that he like has a whole uh, speech impairment. Okay, all right, or difficulty. Yeah. I wouldn't even call it an impairment. Oh, he does have one. I, I literally thought. Okay, I was thinking about Joe. I thought I was thinking about Pence. <laughs> no, <laughs> Joe Biden yeah. used to stutter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And why were they sitting down? They had the old people standing up. and <laughs> For real! No, for real. But I think that was a request that was made. Apparently, they had to negotiate how that was going to go. I don't think one party wanted the little uh, shield or the ballistic shield or whatever. Um, so, <laughs> whatever it was. I forgot what they called it. Plexiglass. It was plexiglass, girl, but it was ballistic. I don't know. This thing here, that was the hey, you know, when somebody shoots it, it won't, you know, shatter. <laughs> the okay. break of it. it was only one side, but I guess... <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I, I think they they both wanted to sit down, and I don't know if it was supposed to increase the likelihood that they would act civilized. Um, but no. you know, you get hype when you're standing up arguing yeah, with somebody. Yeah, you can. That's true. You, you that's why people from they used to stand up from the couch. Nini get up from the couch so she could. You, you gotta. It's also up. okay. So it's also you gotta collect yourself, right? It's you gotta just stand grounded. Like you sitting down, you can't ground yourself. And if you get hit or you that, get wrong, this nigga's ready fight all the time. Listen, mm-hmm. you got you gotta make sure you are standing like ready because you can't. You know. <laughs> Who's gonna hit you in a presidential debate? Girl, you never know. Guns flying, you gotta make sure you, you know. Ain't no, I'm just saying, ain't nobody fighting at it, but you never know. Sitting so around up. You gotta, you gotta stay. If you ain't, if you ready, stay ready, you ain't gotta get ready. Okay, Jesus. period. So, but we are gonna dive into our, the reason we are here today. Our what? We are our what? The what? 
our meat and potatoes. Our meat and potatoes, honey. We're going to get some meat and potatoes. Listen, I get so confused sometimes. My brain, I'll be like, hold on, everything we going. But it's the meat and potatoes. It's the why we are here. We're going to get comfortable. We're going to let people get to know you and things of that nature. But first of all, I Googled you and it was just so many achievements. Yes, I Googled you. Okay. You have so many achievements. I got to Google myself. Google you. If you've never Googled you, Google yourself. I Google myself regularly because I got to make sure there ain't things. Really? Oh I got to make sure there's things that ain't that's out there that I don't want out there too. You know. Okay, you that's true. Delete that's those true. accounts. But you have a lot of achievements that you accomplished during undergrad and still right now. And I wanted to shout that out because it was just really amazing seeing you flourish like that during undergrad. But how are you able to, uh, first off, stay so like active and civic engagement and like academics, but then also still have this social life where you was able to create these this this platform with Cope? Um, uh, I think it was because when I was in high school, like I hate I hate authority like in general, but like I always felt like there was someone like the teachers and all that stuff like they didn't get me. They were mm-hmm. always just like, oh, this little. They always deemed the gay boy like the dramatic one or the one yeah. that does too much. Or the, I would literally just be fucking writing, and they're just like, I'm doing too much. So Ooh, I think every, you. I hate they that. couldn't take me, and I Girl, wasn't even who I am me. right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. They could see it, I guess. Yeah. And so um, I think that I look to other people, like my friendship group and my mentors, to push me. Uh, and it's been a village of Black women. Only mm. black women. All mm. of my friends are black women or non-binary people. Mm-hmm. So I think just last year I got my first um, cisgender like yeah. male friend, um, and so they pushed me. So I I really want to attribute the like me achieving all this academic success and my social life to them because they always pushed me and they they saw my light before I did. So yeah. oh, that's so beautiful. Was it like hard? Like as you notice, you see, I mean, a lot of people that you had in your life was like female or non-binary. So mm-hmm. like, was it just the connection wasn't able to just happen organically with like men or cisgendered men, or was it just always like something that just was like never there? I just always felt like I had to perform, like with like with like cisgender heterosexual men yeah. I felt like I wasn't masculine enough and then even with gay cisgender men I felt like I wasn't masculine enough or I wasn't queer enough for them so like I always just felt like and this some of this may be just in my head yeah but through the years I internalized it so much that in any situation I was just uncomfortable I was just like oh my gosh I don't know how to talk to you I don't want you to think that I'm flirting with you so like now even when I get hit on like, well, you know, when they flirt with me, yeah. I don't, um, I don't even pick up on it. I just be like, oh, okay. That's what's happening. Yeah, I can agree. I you have definitely to be very direct. <laughs> yeah, you got to just tell me. I'm definitely, I was definitely on eggshells in any space with cisgendered men or queer men. I never knew how to like, I already have anxiety and I never knew how to navigate those spaces. Like I hated the barbershop and still to this day, I have mm traumatic experiences at the barbershop because I felt like I was literally trapped in a space. So I definitely agree. I've, I've felt that before. I've always had to teeter back and forth because I'm such a loud like person, both visually and um, 
vocally. Um, so when I go into certain spaces, I think that's true that I shrink myself um, quite often. But at the same time, I look for little avenues to jump out. Um, and like, for instance, with barbershop stuff, if it's older men, I'm super quiet. Mm-hmm. It's like my dad and the grandpa's age, but younger men, I'd be like, hey, y'all, how you doing? <laughs> oh. And I would commend you, Devin. Devin's energy is the same in so many spaces. And I fuck Love with that. that so much. Like Devin will just be his organic self. And me, I will be in the corner. Oh my God. Like, oh, is he, is he really being gay? Like, and he'll be like, yes. Like, cause I mean, we, went out to, we literally went out like two weeks ago and you like told the white people, like, get the fuck out. <laughs> like, come on, y'all, get the fuck out. We in here now, yeah. get the fuck out. Cause and you I'm, know, you can't be too many people in a, in a tight space. They had their food. That's not why you said that. That's not why you said that. Supposed to be in that damn Z burger like that. <laughs> oh, I thought you just wanted to say get the fuck out. Just but the energy definitely, like I definitely appreciate you are in certain space. Majority spaces that I've been in with you have been very much like you still, which I appreciate that. But yes, kudos yeah. to you. So I think that's why I admire. Um, just to piggyback off of that, I might like when I see Santana, saucy Santana. Yes. I'd like he just makes like. In every situation around whoever, he is him. And I'm just like, ah, uh, I yes. love that. The I energy that. is consistent. Ass out and everything, honey. I live right. for he... Santana. <laughs> I live. Energy is consistent, which we love. Consistent, yeah. I'm a ball. Okay. <laughs> so getting into uh, COPE, how did you get, how did you start COPE? And what was that process like for you? Yeah, so I started COPE. Back in 2017, and actually next week is my four-year anniversary of blogging. So I started it at 19 years old, and I'm just like, wow. Um, So I started because I was about to study abroad in um, the UK, and I realized I was the first person in my family to, like, own a passport or leave the country. Mm. And so I was like, oh, my gosh, I have to, like, document this to, like, show them that this could happen, mm-hmm. not yeah. like a pull yourself up by the bootstraps type of thing, but like, hey, look at these cool things. Like I can do it and I can show you how I did it in X, Y, and Z. So that's why I started COPE to be like a visual representation of just what I got going on and to inspire mm-hmm. people. It's so much intention. That's, yeah. I think that's a beautiful way to start any project and so selfless, right? So I think that it was bound. I mean, I, I totally think we should do things for ourselves, but Absolutely. building platforms that you are designing to assist other people honestly helps it go a long way. You put more intention into it. Mm-hmm. Yes. Did, you, did it, um, when you started it, did you, were you surprised by like the traction or the feedback or the receptiveness people got from your like your blog because i when i was when i would go and check it out, i was just like it was the concept the like you to look like you put a very like a lot of thoughts into everything that you posted from like the contrast of things so like how was the receptiveness for you from your uh everyone else yeah I mean mind you I was 19 at that time so to get the type of like feedback from everyone like the outpour of support and love I was like surprised because but then when I realized it now I'm like I didn't see much of people Mm -hmm. like black gay men traveling the world on social media a lot that were definitely young so like I now that I look back on it I can see why the outpour of love and support was so big but then when it reached beyond just America that's when I was like oh my gosh so like people from like Nigeria I have like a lot of copers in Mm -hmm. Nigeria and they always email me and we're like in a little group chat now and like from Canada so it's just like always I'm just so surprised are you foreign 
Oh my no. God, it's international. <laughs> no, I don't think, well, I guess it is international. You know, I'm going to humbly take that. We brag on this show. Okay, period. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You Give yourself know. your flowers, honey. Okay. Collect them directly from the garden. <laughs> so many I'm going to start saying that. In so many spaces, we have to minimize ourselves, but not in this yes. one. We're um, gonna brag. We're gonna tell black boy what joy. joy. Come on now. Come on, joy. 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 <laughs> okay. <laughs> but also, I want to talk about your fashion too. So, like, the fashions, girl. Mm-hmm. Like, the fashions. Let's get into that. How did you? Okay. How do you come up with it? How do you come up with the pieces, the thought? The because I be living. You be living. Be li- Look, yes. I be living. I be living too. I be in it. Going to the shoot destination, feeling like a fool. But then when I get there, I'm like, okay, this is what I did it for. Yeah. Um, I just, I just like dramatic stuff. Like, I just like making a statement. Because as we just like attested to before this, in so many spaces, we shrink ourselves. Mm-hmm. And fashion was my coping mechanism. That's why I named it Cope Fashion. Mm-hmm. So Ooh, through nice. my clothing, I'm literally expressing the who I really am without shrinking myself. So whether I'm wearing like an all pink outfit with a pink hat, I'm, I'm just embracing it and being who I am. So I think the fashion spins from whatever I'm feeling that day and what I want to express. So the fashion is in my mind. Have you done a Myers-Briggs test? Yes, I have. What are your, uh, what's your sequence? I, I don't know the sequence. I just know I'm the entertainer. Okay. Oh, now we got to look that up. <laughs> Maybe I can look it up. Let's see what that is. Come on, looking. Come on, Are you familiar service. with it? The- <laughs> I got two monitors here, you know. <laughs> we got you while you was at work. Uh, hello, while I was at work. No, but yeah, I um ESFP. ESFP. Okay. ESFP. Yeah. ENFTP. What is that? I so it's it's uh the E is um ooh extrovert. The S I think is a sensor. Um and then the F. Um, you know what? Let me not get to lying to y'all. Okay. Wait, like, what's y'all what, what's y'all's my brig? ENFP. I have, yeah, we're both ENFP. Oh, but what's the name for that? Did they give it a name? Uh, my, it's the campaigner. The campaigner. Oh, okay. I think we'll okay. No, no, no. It might be the humanitarian. I don't remember. That's we gotta hold on. ENFP girl. <laughs> Cause I thought I thought Will Smith and Drew Barrymore was like us Ooh, too. Yeah, that's right. That's accurate. Yeah, yeah it's the campaigner. The yeah. campaigner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we are okay. the campaigners. Yeah, Robert just... Williams, Sandra Bullock. Yep. Come on, Sandra. There you go. But no, that's dope though. I appreciate you. First of all, like you said, you'll be so nervous walking around New York. <laughs> I feel like that's common though. Like you getting ready for a shoot, like you might have this extravagant thing on and I feel like that is just so common and people just see that while they're in New York so that's interesting that you have that but then the concept and the when it comes out on paper on social media or on the blog it is amazing but I want to talk about how was moving from Atlanta to New York for you like yeah and how long did you know you were gonna like when did you know you were gonna do that as well well, I was in, so I went to school in California. So I moved from California to New York, but I, why did you do that? I love it. I love, you're going to these major cities, girl. You're okay, talking, girl. checking off these boxes. Yeah, in the UK too, I love it. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, I was excited. Um, so I knew it for about, um, like, I want to say four months before it happened. So, um, yeah, 
but I think the transition, so funny story, I, in California, I didn't have much like of a LA, California life because I was mm. still kind of like shy. I was blogging, but I was yeah. still shy. But there were so many people hitting me up on social media, like, hey, I'm in Cali, like, let's hang out, let's link. And I'm like, oh girl, I wish I could, but I'm just like, <laughs> I'm so shy. I'm so shy. I don't want to, by myself, like, I don't know. Um, and mind you, at that time, I still wasn't like comfortable with hanging around with men. So I'm just like, okay, whatever. So, <laughs> And then it, when I go back home to Atlanta, like I had never been to a gay club. So it was just like, I know, right? I was so like, I sheltered myself so much. I, it was me being in my head. Yeah. Dev, you like Dev? Yeah. <laughs> I listen, I came here with my first gay club. The girls had really? to, yeah. The girls had to get me out. There was not a gay club in Brooklyn. I mean, there was not a gay club at my college. Also, like I came here first um, and experienced all of that. Like my first group of gays were y'all. That like, just must be the mother gay, huh? Because uh, this string gone yeah. since they had one in Richmond called Colors. I was eighteen; they were eighteen and up, so that was my okay. first one. Oh, so you went at eighteen? Okay, period. <laughs> you was up in there. You was up in there. But no, I relate <laughs> with that opportunity. Relate. I was in that motherfucker. <laughs> I do relate with you though, with the people coming and like uh, asking like where to move at, or like you going back home and not being, not knowing the gay moves. Right. And when I went back home to Atlanta, like it was summers mostly. And I was spent the summers doing like community activism work. So mm-hmm. I was like nice. with the community. But then when I came to New York and I went to the gay clubs and the niggas was like, can I buy you a drink? I'm <laughs> yes, like, oh, this a mind. drink? Me? Yes, yeah, girl. Yes, come on. <laughs> and the so, niggas was like... <laughs> right. And so at that point, it was a whole new ballpark. Like, my cousin's out here. Um, he, So he's gay, too. And we became close since I moved out here. And literally, when I don't want to drink, I'll get it for him or he'll be pimping me out. He'll be like, go and get a drink for him first. Like, talk to him and do it. I'm like, okay. They're pimping like, you out, bitch. Be pimping me out like, <laughs> like a $2 hoe. So I'll be like, yes, okay. But I love drinks, it. Bitch. I love New York. I do love New York. Boxers. Box, yeah, okay. yes. Have you been? You like it? Yeah, that's that's I've the place. Been. I know I it's the most basic, but and then now they started like a new underground party scene for like black queer people or people of color in general. Um, Dick beautiful. Mm. Wait, Have you all heard of Dick Appointment? No, Dick Appointment. I'm it's, on social media. it's on social media. It's on social media. Yeah, it is like Dick the new, like it's like the underground, like POC gay like thing. It's called Dick Appointment. Those parties are, yeah, I love it. I just I've just seen it on social media. It's very vague. <laughs> they don't they don't give that much information. It's like you have to like it's like a speakeasy type of thing. Mm-hmm. So I feel like, oh, I live for that. But yeah. where but live like like you said, being from Atlanta and then also and then LA for college and then in New York for like work, has there been just a lot of shock? Like was it hard for you to like transition into all of those spaces since you were all in these like fast paced cities, but then also being from the South? I don't think it, it it hasn't been much of a shock because I just tell myself, like, even when I was, like, traveling to, like, Italy and stuff, I just told myself, this is Georgia. This is, I just kept telling myself, this is Atlanta, even though I wasn't in Atlanta, just to make myself feel more comfortable. I don't know what it is, but it hasn't been much of a, a, a shock thing to me as it's been, like, a getting adjusted to, like, how things operate more mm-hmm. so. Got it. Because I'm like, yeah, you were moving moving yeah girl yeah how's how's the dating scene in new york right now with uh the pandemic 
for me, better than ever. <laughs> for me personally, better than ever. Do you, remember, do you remember the story that you had told me when I was there about? I don't. Uh, wanna, I don't. Yeah, I can't. No, which, okay. which one was it? You can say it. Two, girl. You had your two. A two what? Two guys that you were like uh, friends yeah. with. Yeah. Oh, I forgot the two that I was juggling. Juggling. <laughs> uh, well, both of them are let go now because I yeah. don't remember. But um. So the main problem before this all happened was like the guys that I would talk to would say that I'm too busy for them. Mm-hmm. So they would just be like, oh my gosh, like you never have time to talk to me. Like you don't have time to do this with me. So I'm like, okay, okay, whatever. But now that do. Okay, period. <laughs> and that's why I need a man that has shit to do as well. Right. Um, but since this has happened, I've slowed down a lot. And so I've been able to actually talk to people more and like go on like social distance dates and stuff so i've been dating a lot more now and learning what i like and people and what i don't like so well, we love it's that. good for me now we love yeah. that you're learning what about y'all Are y'all single taking complicated <laughs> i am single um okay. i would love to single be in relationships i am ready to mingle yeah, i Miami. am yes i am mr fuck ups i do be fucking shit up so let me oh, name that man. but i'm growing I'm learning okay. how to be better in spaces and also naming what mm-hmm. I want because I get myself a situation where I don't name it and then I get complacent and then I get angry because I'm complacent. Mm. So, but single, but ready to mingle. So, but I need to work on myself and what do I want first? Devin, go. Uh, <laughs> you, what? Today, uh, how's it been for you? So, um, <laughs> you got a chance to meet with Michelle Obama. How was that? What? Hold on. Put that on purpose. Girl, let's come on. Let's get comfortable. <sighs> you know, so and so, girl. It ain't it ain't too different than the way it was prior to COVID. So you know, we'll just. What's your zodiac sign? I'm a Sagittarius. Oh, okay. Wait, what is yours? Wait, what is yours? <laughs> I'm like, what is yours? I, I'm a Cancer. Okay, that's my moon sign. Mm-hmm. Very I'm emotional. And you're an Aries, okay. I like that. I like Sag men though. I don't know about dating, but like friendship wise, like the guys that Sag men, they're nice. We're we're the best friends you could have. Yeah, I don't know about relationship. I don't know about them waters over there, but uh, well, I I don't either. (laughs) So, what zodiac signs are y'all most like? You have the most history with, like like with only dating or just in general? I. Like, as far as dating life. I don't even know. I'm be asking them niggas for Oh, you oh. don't? Okay, I know that's right. I think it's Aries, actually. Oh? Aries, Taurus. Okay. Um, Air, uh, well, not Aries. Uh, uh, Scorpios and Virgos. Ooh. So it's, Two yeah. very, like, dominant signs. Though. Yeah, and it's so interesting, because I'm an Aries, so it's just... Oh. <laughs> that sounds about right. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it certainly sounds about right. It's, you know, you know, girl, just the fire in all of it. Okay. Sex is bomb. I'm gonna just name that. Oh, very but, much so with the Scorpio. We come know. on, but the but the after the fall, of, what is it? The um, the letting the fire down, that girl. It's it's a lot. Why you okay. say that? Because I think it goes without saying that a Sagittarius is one of the best lovers a person will have. Now I can't do that. No. Okay. Okay. I had one complaint. Also, senior episode this week. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen your episode this week, so, girl. So, Basial, I'm in a web series. And okay. We, this was episode four last night, which was 
one of my sex scenes and uh first time one i've ever them. seen myself and oh shit i want to say that okay <laughs> you need to send it to me i want to watch okay. oh, I, oh <laughs> I love this type of stuff i used to watch is it like on youtube yes wait what did you watch I used to watch um the triangle. What's it called? The triangle. Bitch, I was all up in my <laughs> What about boy drama? I think I did watch Boy Drama too. Yes. I love those little web series. And there's like yes. another web series with this girl called Paz Roz. I love mm-hmm. like I love like little web series like that. So I would be tapped in. I think you'll love my first love. It's okay. absolutely a great story. Okay, period. But my mother was not very happy about having to watch me in a sex scene that I did not prepare her for. Uh, I so I, I know this is probably super self-absorbed, but I'll go do it, do it, do it. Watching it, I low-key got like slightly turned on. But Ooh. then I was like, this is weird. And I cringed because I was like, I don't know that I should be like enjoying this. But I was like, it's me. So just, of course. You you're know. excited that you're a good lover and you acted. Right. You're like, bitch, I still can act like I'm a good lover too. Well, it was it, the scene was put together well. Let's see. <laughs> okay. Okay. It was it was staged. Right. That's cute. Um, but yes, so you got a chance to meet Michelle Obama. How was it? And like, what was the story behind it? Yeah, I actually, so it, so I was doing yoga today and I have my picture with Michelle Obama hanging here and I knocked it down. I got a little too into the stretching. So I knocked it down. The frame broke. Oh no. Um, I know, but I, I can reframe it. But this is also the letter that she sent me up here. So um, it was good. She came to my high school. And she gave like a little speech. Mm-hmm. And so everyone was rushing to like come, you know, afterwards to come meet her, say this and that. They didn't pick me once again in high school to meet her as like an ambassador. I was pissed off because they know they could have picked me. But mm-hmm. I'm just gonna call them homophobic. So <laughs> I <laughs> was homophobic. That's my okay. Vote you didn't pick I mean, homophobes. Chances are it was correct. <laughs> Right. They couldn't take me. So I came and like my little, I came really dressed. Like I had my, my, my blue blazer. It was the color of the school <laughs> colors, like ready. So as she was coming down, everybody was crowding around her. And I'm like, I'm not about to crowd around her for no picture. Like I love her. I respect her, but you know, I'm just gonna give the lady her space. She came up to me. That's what we do, girl. That's what we do. I, that's how I know I'm touched by God. Like, you I don't care what nobody's saying. Drew it right in. Okay? Drew it right. Beeline. Bitch. She said, do you want a hug? <laughs> I said, yes. <laughs> so I gave her a hug. Literally gave her a hug. And then her assistant, like, was coming. She, um, He was like, oh, my gosh, I love that blazer color. It's so cute. The next week. I see my picture on her Instagram. That's what we talking about, bitch. I say, what? Out of all the photos taken that day, you posted me and you hugging on your Instagram. Oh, I said, you know what? Let me type her a motherfucking letter. That's so anointed I'm a, for real. Anointed for real. So I'm like, let me type up a letter to her, letting her know, like, I'm a senior in high school. I appreciate this. And at the time, I, 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 gone through a lot as a child I mean as have a lot of people but like the story you know this ain't no crystal staircase like you know all that stuff so like literally I was just like typing it to her I sent it to her and then I got a letter back like three months later signed by her and everything so it's up there hanging up with the photo of her and then her organization reached out to me I want to say last year and that's how I got the article in Forbes Wow. Yes girl you was in Forbes too I was just like she was in Forbes she was was there 
She was. She I was, was like, girl, my, my girl's, what is this, 30 under 30? What, I'm like, yeah, like what is she ass. in? Yeah. I was like, Destined for success. I, how, how has, how has that um, shown up in your life throughout from childhood to now? What are the most defining moments of you being on a very clear trajectory to self-realization? By self-realization, what do you mean? Well, of course, because it's a, it's a very out there. So yeah. tomorrow, but I mean, these are really defining moments, I would say, that show you you're certainly on a path to success. So that, that's why I mean by self-realization. Oh, yeah. I think one, like me going to college on a full ride, graduating debt free. Mm-hmm. So like then getting a full time offer before I even started my senior year and then now make like having the highest income like ever in my family, like no one has. And then being the first person to travel outside the country and own a pass. Like, I'm getting emotional. Oh, my gosh. What are you doing, Basil? Um, It just hits me because, like, no men in my family have done this. Not because they didn't want to, but access and resources. To yes. It. I always say that. It's not. It's like they didn't have access to these type of things. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I'm doing it for them. And I think things like that just show me. And one time... So my mom, um, she was a hood pharmacist, if you know what that means. Um, she, <laughs> she, one of her friends, he was like, boy, you think you get all these blessings just because God blessed you? He was like, no, those are because of your mom. Oh, my God. He's like, you are the blessing to your mom and your family. So oh, it has always been with me. Everything I do is for Black women and for my family. So... I, I, that's where my selflessness come from, and that's where I see that trajectory. That is really beautiful. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's because like you just listening to your story. You've had a lot of. You've had great things happen to you, and it wasn't. It wasn't because of coincidence. It wasn't because of accident. It was because you had these things were set up. Like the fact that Michelle Obama went to you. Michelle mm-hmm. Obama posted you. Ooh. Michelle yeah. Obama, you wrote to her, and she wrote back. Like mm-hmm. it, it wasn't no coincidence in the way that you like have everything yeah. that is set up. That is amazing. And I think that is so important for us to see black men, black boys having these things that are not coincidental. These I, are I agree. We, we have that we can achieve. And I appreciate that. Well, don't make me cry either. But I appreciate that. I think that is something I admire as somebody that is, I, I, I'm a follower, a supporter. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that. And I think that's having you on that show and having that conversation with you is because people wouldn't know like your mom was a hood pharmacist and all that stuff like that by seeing all of your things. OG, by the way, that was what ran through my head when you said it. And I was like, oh, mama's an OG. Oh, oh very much so that. <laughs> yeah. But I love it because like my, my, I have a similar little space of like where I came from and now where I'm at now. It's very it's very when i go back home my it's a it's, i'm like a whole different being to my family it's a good mm-hmm. in the beginning i would definitely feel uncomfortable but going back home now people are like every like you're in i'm like i'm from i'm from a small city in ohio so when i come back they're like you're all the way out in dc like have your own place have like yes. you are i'm like but i never think of it like as a big thing right but then when you start to hear it out loud you're like oh girl wait hold on but Hold on. we minimize, like I'm saying, like we don't even acknowledge or recognize all these feats and all these successes. And I always be like, why is that? Like, why we've been pushed down so much, we've put been put in so into be dim. And I'm like, baby girl, no, 
Yeah, so much so that we expect, um, and I, I was literally just thinking about this, uh, we expect ourselves not to get anywhere based on that. Like, oh, I'm not, I don't, this is not, this doesn't belong to me. This is not accessible mm. to me. Mm-hmm. We teach ourselves that those things don't align with us. And that's Imposter why. syndrome. Yeah. We have that imposter syndrome too. And that's why I just, and that's why I love like that Black Boy Joy podcast. I mean, mm-hmm. the highlighting thing every every time you come on a podcast and like highlighting a different person, like that's important because you're like, oh, this person is really doing something. You all are really doing something. And I know that if I see any like queer Black person doing, well, any Black person in general, I try to really like support. And some people may see that as fake. Like, it, I don't know if you saw my Instagram post. It's like the boy box, mm-hmm. the little bag with the weekend. That's like a new business. I supported no sponsorship know nothing because i just genuinely want to support and see people i just be i just, i don't yeah. know it's something like i i listen just support and i just get excited bitch when yes. i see some real black boy joy shit i it's just my whole body i'm like yes like this is visibility like shout out to you also like not needing a sponsorship just to like support yes. this business like i love that like girl you don't got to give me nothing i'm a i know what's rightfully build each other up i think that's beautiful i think it's a good example to set as well for the rest of the community Mm -hmm. so where do you see yourself and cope in the near future where do you where do you is there a goal in mind or what do you see yourself yeah so i just started a new segment on cope called c for c which stands for cope for change Mm. so like for the longest, not for the longest, but for some time, I kind of separated like cope fashion from my community work. And so now I'm merging them mostly mm. like since, you know, the the civil unrest that happened since George Floyd, Brown Taylor. I mean, it's nothing new, but like we had extra eyes on it during the pandemic. So I started C4C, which is just highlighting some community organizations that I'm working with and how people can help contribute to them or just highlighting the work that they're doing. So that's like the next step. And then in the near future, I've always, and I said this on every interview I've had, is I want to start a scholarship for COVID. Ah, wonderful. I can see that. that. I I want to start a scholarship so bad. So bad. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I can see that. Even if you start off very small too, and then like, big like girl fifty dollars right now but then boom next thing next you know fifty thousand dollars or four okay oh period (laughs) bitch we don't do small things bitch we go from 50 to fifty thousand i'm a blessing that your first one would be if not five north of five if not north of five thousand come on yeah we're gonna get okay we're gonna keep going and going we're gonna keep going and going the fountain is plentiful all right okay come on now do you have a background in marketing or by any chance because like the create like you saying c for c cope for change i'm like bitch yes catchy like do you have experience in marketing no i'm an organizational studies major which is like a liberal arts business degree so nice that's really dope Okay. Yeah, because I'm like, girl, you do mark. This is marketing. This is this is very much, girl. I'm watching. It's the creative. That's the host of class, honey. Host of class. Tyra Banks did. Tyra Banks. Oh Lord, Tyra. Tyra Banks. <laughs> Tyra Banks did. Yeah. I'm also sidebar. I'm watching Emily in Paris. Uh, this is not one at all. The fashion. I saw that. The amazing. Little... Okay, I should watch it. I saw it on Apparently Netflix. the Parisians said fuck yeah, that show. That, like I said, the fashion. That would be safe. I don't know. I don't know. And she's a marketing like connoisseur, but she okay. has this very biased American mindset of, with everything that she does, which I can mm-hmm. see. She it's very they're depicted in a weird, they're in a bad way 
But when you said, when I thought about marketing, like I could see like how she had like social media and she got there and like now she's like this influencer. Like I thought about that with you and Cope. You mm-hmm. went to the UK and then like came back, bitch, an influencer. <laughs> like, okay. But you came back an influencer, bitch. I'm making hey. this for myself, but next thing you know, people are mm-hmm. loving it. And now I'm just like, here. It's been hard for me to get into the sponsorship space. Like I never thought about it. Like when people are always so, so surprised when I say I don't make any money from my blog because I don't, I've never thought about it. So now in the recent years, I have thought about like mm-hmm. sponsorships and how I'm going to navigate that space. So that may be in the future too. But that's good though, that you didn't have that mindset. Like I need to make, how am I make money? But you got to say something. I think you're going to be an inspiration for our listeners. Cause I, I certainly feel inspired already. Um, yeah, well, absolutely. I'm re- I not really, really mean that. Um, <laughs> just seeing the things that you've accomplished. How old are you? 23. And at 23. <laughs> <laughs> Can we just say that? <laughs> like, you know, I, I think that the thing that it seems like you really do want to show people that it's possible. And I definitely think that you're doing that. Um, and so I myself, again, have already been inspired by the things that you've you've done and even that you want to do. And I think encouraging people to have those dreams for themselves is super important work. Yes, we love to see it. So the last question we have, of course, before we wrap up is, can you still not cook? Girl, it's on your platform. You okay, right. Series. I still can't cook. No, I, I don't know how to cook. All I yeah. eat is couscous and shrimp. Like, You're in good company, honey. Okay, period. Okay. Oh my God, y'all bad. That's real ghetto, y'all. That not me. I said Beyonce. Oh, also Beyonce. I thought you said she was in good company. Oh, you said, oh, I thought you were referring to yourself. No, no, hold on. I eat and I eat well. I eat and I eat well. No, girl, that's not. No, we not. We not saying all the men out there. Look, you did not hear that come out of my mouth. I was talking about Beyonce just almost part her. That lady doesn't know how to cook. They sure don't know how to cook. They sure don't know how to cook. That ain't me now. Oh my God. Well, I need to learn, obviously. Girl, you was trying to. Oh, with your Hello Fresh. With the Hello Fresh. Omar going? loves that. Yeah, how was that going? It was good when it was, ha- but the meals were so like bland. They, you know, you know it seems yeah, it like they were black. They need to make so you know um, black, Hello a black Hello Fresh. Yes. We need a delivery oh diabetes. Deliver okay. diabetes. Let's not take it that far. Maybe if right, we have a right. nice, healthy, spend nutritious okay. on a good macaroni and greens and, you know, sweet potato, right. whatever. We can get a healthy spin on it. Somebody gonna come up with a good name for that. Mm-hmm. Nah, bitch. We I need diabetes in the box. It's gonna be so. Some soul gonna be in the name. It will be clean. It would not be. It would be cliche. I need it to happen. Okay. Yeah. Hello? yeah what about Blue Apron? You ever tried that girl? That's what Omar does. That's the one. He Blue actually apron. says the food is really, really good. So he he does not say that. And he's, I think his palate is pretty particular as well. So I think you might like Blue Apron if you try it. So what, do they just bring everything in a box and you just make frozen. it? Frozen, yeah. So they ship it to you frozen. You know, they got the like uh, sustainable packaging or whatever. So to mm-hmm. keep it nice and cool. And yeah. yeah, you freeze it and you cook it. What, how How many days do you have to cook it? Like, how many days is it good before it expires? That one, and how often do they deliver? Both of those things I want to Oh, know. they deliver weekly. So every okay. Monday or whenever you put it, they deliver it. You get, like, you can do a three-meal plan, a five-meal plan, and, you know, 
go from there. Okay. But I don't do it anymore. I cut it off because I was spending too much on it and then realized how much the average person spends on groceries. Yeah. And then I tried to actually grocery shop and spent way more than that. And so now I'm trying to like So how much do you how much did you spend? Because I'll tell you how much I spend, which is a problem. On groceries? And I'll tell you all the standard for most (laughs) human beings. On on groceries, on groceries, I was spent girl, I was spending Four hundred dollars a month on grocery. Oh, girl, I wasn't that high. <laughs> That's no, 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 no. That's only a hundred above the standard for one individual. I was spending three hundred. What a child would do for three hundred is the standard. You girl, go two I, times a month, one hundred and fifty times each time. I'm five hundred fifty dollars each time. Yeah, I need to learn how to shop for real because I'll be buying bullshit. You weren't doing that bad, Basil. Oh, great then. But now, like, I literally, I go every week now. I, I like, I'm trying to get to three hundred. So I've been giving myself like. 50 or like $75 a week Trader Joe's every week Friday I go um, then, you know but I still can't cook so it's just couscous and shrimp but you know <laughs> I think the food is pretty decent oh. at Trader Joe's you can get you a good meal and all you gotta do is start a little bit of garlic salt on it you know a little, I hate little it y'all you hate it I, I literally I went so I had a review on there one day I was like I'm so excited I was like the customer service but it just was too like I don't know if it was just bland but it just wasn't hitting for your girl and wow. I just was Pretty like Pretty is amazing some I of just, the stuff is delicious I need their, their pop tarts are like the best I need, like, I need saturated fats the fried rice is I delicious I need artificial flavor the, the chicken tikka masala meals oh, okay okay yo I got with the, the naan with the naan yes I would yes with the naan I would give those frozen dinners yes the, the, okay, the, the, the tuna um, sandwich is good the wine is very affordable cheap the wine is cheap okay come on now wine yeah. mm-hmm. i just was getting like cereal and it was the cereal was just nasty it was oh well that was your mistake that's actually nasty it tastes like cardboard so i went when i first moved here right y'all and that was in August. I still have not opened up the. I opened up the box, and it's two boxes that I need to just throw away. It's like Metro Neapolitan cereal, bitch. Why nasty. would you get that? Nasty, y'all. No. You gotta end the mic to say nasty. Nasty, but everything else—the little frozen shoot, the orange chicken—all that was good. But yeah, girl, I said I gotta choose my battles when I go there, bitch. Okay. So I need to go to Giant and get my this is my fat, my not real Giant. ice cream. I need that ghetto shit. Period. <laughs> Period. I'm just gonna get a. I'm just gonna get a man that can cook. That's just what it's gonna have to be. That sounds like a great plan. That is the best solution right there. I have learned to make a lot of things with a lot of different things. I'll come up with some shit in my head and be like, I wonder if anyone's ever done this before. Mm -hmm. If they haven't, I'll find something similar and just throw my own nuances on it. Mm -hmm. If they have, I'll just know that I can do it and do it my own way. So, but girl, we can talk all day, of course, but. We wanted to close out, but the thing I wanted to ask is, before we close out, what do you want the listeners or viewers to take away from you being on this space in the podcast and talking about all the things that you talked about today? Mm, that's such mm. a, a heavy burden that you just gave me. Uh, <laughs> what, what, what do, I just want to say, um, wake up every day living your truth <laughs> look i don't know what to say this I is you, i'll put you on the blast I, with that one and but, i apologize what do you say hey, to yourself i say to myself oh every day if it's meant for me it's meant for me mm-hmm. i tell well, myself that there you go if it's meant for you it's meant for you yeah. and have great friends around you that's that's a that's my little spring that's important that is important yeah. 
So uh, Basho B B dollars uh, bash. <laughs> Thank you. The B you know stands for bands. Stands for All bands. Of those honey. Okay. Thank you so much for Thank stepping in, um, being a part of the show with us today. Really, really exciting. Really inspirational. Um, really appreciated your the conversation and things like that added to the show. Um, but what are the social medias or socials that you would uh, love for our listeners and viewers to follow you on so that they can be immersed in this cope world of yours? Yes. So, of course, copefashion.com. Um, and then my Instagram is king underscore Basial, B-A-S-H-E-L. Mm-hmm. And my Twitter is at Basial underscore. That's, that's all I'm on these days. <laughs> Thank you. And then, of course, like we tell everybody about mm-hmm. ourselves, if you want to follow me personally on my social medias, you can hit me up on my Instagram and Twitter at underscore Lord Every. That is underscore L-O-R. Wow. Underscore L-O-R-D-E-V-R-Y <laughs> on Instagram and Twitter. Mm-hmm. You can follow me on Instagram at Derwin King. That's D-E-R-W-I-N-K-I-N-G. And you can also follow me on Twitter at Free Negro. That's F-R-E-E-N-E-G-R-E-A-U-X. And if you would love to follow the podcast information, you can hit us up on Instagram and Twitter at That Black Boy Joy. And if you would love to write into us or be a guest on the show, you can hit us up at thatblackboyjoy at gmail.com. And also please remember that these videos, uh, these episodes are are on YouTube so you can see the visuals as well as the audio so just wanted to remind people of they that. gonna see me I'm joking I don't mind I was like we gonna get to that girl no, sorry. <laughs> but like I always say please be so in love with who you are yeah. yes, yes. <laughs> bye 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 okay. hey. I'm talking about the bad boy dude.